And welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Father Paul Wrighton. And that sound means it's straight talk time. Oh. It's straight talk <laughs> on <laughs> Real I'm Presence nervous. Live. Are you? You're oh my fine. Gosh. <laughs> You'll be fine. If you have a question on the faith for Father Paul Rutten, 877-795-0122 is the number to call. Again, 877-795-0122. You can also submit any questions that you might have on Facebook. And if you're nervous and you don't want to be live on the air, which it's not hard, is it, Father Paul? (laughs) (laughs) It depends. (laughs) Uh, You can always submit your question to the secretary. The number is 877-795-0122. So as a priest, does this really make you nervous to have to just wing it? Uh, It depends. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes because the question can't be answered in a short soundbite. Yeah. Or the question requires a a serious foundation, you know, that you just can't necessarily. Backstory. uh, Yeah. You know, and so that that can be kind of the challenge. Um, So if somebody walks up to you and says, okay, Father, explain the Trinity. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, uh, like, well, well you know, where do we begin? Uh, where do you begin? <laughs> you know. So there, there are those things um, that we do struggle with. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just the, there's the idea of mystery, the idea that there isn't going to be necessarily a clear answer. And I think this is why it's so important that people experience and know, as, as Michael said this last uh, hour, uh, the Father loves and is listening. Mm-hmm. So that, because sometimes as a parent, you can't give them an answer that's going to work. Yeah. And you, all you can do is just hold them and say, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Well, and I think sometimes it means more to them if you admit you don't have all the answers. Right. Yep. But, okay, it's straight talk time. 877 Call in with any questions that you might have. We already have a, a listener on the phone, Jennifer in Sioux Falls. Jennifer. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. I am. I am. Good morning. You have a question for Father Paul. I do. I do. First of all, I want to say thanks to Father Paul for being such a fantastic priest at St. Mary. Um, my children love you, and um, we're just so thankful. Um, you make them feel welcome. You make eye contact with them. You connect with them. Sure. And I just want to say that my daughter, when we were at the Theology of the Body, they said, tell us about the males in your life that you look up to. And my daughter has known you but a short time, and she, you were her first. You were her first. <laughs> oh, my It was Father Paul. Oh, my gosh. And I just, you have wow. no idea the impact you're, I'm sure you might, but it's amazing, and it's a blessing, and I want to say thank you very much. Thank you. Um, Man, now, I didn't stage that, Heather. I did not <laughs> stage it. I did not stage it's it. It's so <laughs> true, though. Oh, she speaks man. truth. It is. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. Yeah. yeah. I'm so thankful. And I'm thankful to be here, too. I, I love so, getting to know kids. So, your well, question. Well, it shows. It shows. <laughs> my question is, um, one of my brothers is gay. Okay. I have many friends who are gay. And my question to you, Father, is, how do we show our best love, our hospitality, our our, yeah. our our unconditional love to our brothers and sisters while holding on to our Catholic identity? How, what is that balance? How do we do this? Wow. Um, you know, one of the things that, I, that I've said to people in one sense is 
we we sort of dropped the ball about 50 years ago when yeah. we when we stopped talking about and challenging heterosexuals to live the gift of their sexuality yeah you know and so there's this real challenge that you know uh, that it's not just we're not just picking on one group of people that what we really need to do is say sexuality is a gift yeah. that we all have to live and for anyone who's not yeah. married to live that in according to their state is not easy but I sort of feel like we've just sort of given up on all of the heterosexuals, <laughs> you know, like they yeah. live together, they sleep together, they do all these things and nobody says, yeah. wait, this is because again, because you asked this question, love and compassion. Um, it, it, it is hard. And I do think you have to help them know that you do love them. Um, but that what they're seeking will not be fulfilled in the way in which they're trying to find it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I don't know, you know, I often, this is a challenge and, and, and you know, I, I we want to be able to have the answer, but I often think when Jesus ha had lunch with the prostitute, where had mm -hmm. she come from and what was she dressed like? <laughs> yeah. Uh, not yeah. that it makes it okay, but, but this reality that I do have to meet people where they're at um, and I have to be convinced that only marital love is the way in which a person will be able to truly experience it. Uh, the, the, yeah. That desire. Um, but I do think that it's part of the beauty for us in the church that we have priests and nuns who are not married. Because hopefully people see in me and see in, you know, Sister Barbara at our parish and, you know, the presentation sisters, like this joy, like this incredible joy and this incredible life. And you can say it's possible. You know, yeah. uh, the other thing I think is the, the challenge of we don't do friendship well. Hmm. Uh, and so to say, you know, we don't expect somebody who has same sex attraction to be lonely and alone. Hmm. Right. That they can have, you know, and they need to be honest about it, though, but they can have a friend and maybe they even, you know, are, are housemates, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. because we had it before. Right. I mean, everybody knew the, the, the two ladies that were single and, you know, like, or the yeah. two bachelors or like, we used to have people that lived this way. They always handed out money at Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I do think, you know, arguing about their lifestyle in a sense at this point, you do need to say what you think, that you do love them. Um, yeah. But we can't condone. That's always been my default, you know, love, love. Yeah. But, but it is hard, you know, Next again, time. like, okay, so, but I might have to put some parameters around it, mm -hmm. you know. Um, yeah. And, and that's the that's the challenge. Um, can I can I keep those parameters up and to say, well, here's the thing, you know, we do not permit this in our house, or we would ask that you would respect our, you know, um, our priorities as well, our you know understanding, um, and that means he's going to have to make a decision as well, you know, and sometimes it's hard, and they might say, well, then I'm not coming home. Well, and I think I, in. Yeah 
correct me if I'm wrong, Father, but, you know, my mom always had this stance, you know, she wouldn't let two unmarried people right. spend the night in right. the same room in her house. Right. And that's where I think we drop the ball. Right. Because we do. Mm-hmm. You know, and then all of a sudden you come along and because it's two guys, well, you can't. Well, but you let, you let my sister and her fiance sleep together. Right. <laughs> right. You know, and, and same and, standard for everyone. Uh, yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's so hard. You know, there is a documentary called uh, Desire of the Everlasting Hills. And you can get it for okay. free on, on YouTube. And it follows two men and, and a woman uh, who discovered the truth of the Catholic Church's teachings and left the lifestyle called wow. Desire of the Everlasting Hills. Phenomenal, phenomenal uh Insight, and again, it's one of these things that you ha- we have to hear someone who can say, "I'm living it," mm-hmm. because it doesn't do us any good. Because, <laughs> in one sense, because it's like, well, you don't understand, yeah, you know. Sure. And 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 I get, um, you know, that that this is going to be a challenge. But and then uh, to keep praying, if if I can be of help, uh, feel free to stop me sometime, and I'm always willing to visit with people too, Jennifer. Oh so, yes, so. I know this. So. Yes, and I appreciate it very much. Yeah. Thank you, Father Paul. Yeah, you're welcome. God Thank bless you, Jennifer. You. God bless you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. All right, folks, this is Straight Talk, and you're listening to Real Presence Live. Father Paul Rutten is answering your questions on the faith this morning. The number is 877-795-0122. Again, the number is 877-795-0122. Or you can submit any questions that you might have on Facebook. And I have to tell you, folks, this is a stellar of a morning. Yes. To call in for straight talk. I just, (laughs) Father Paul, you're amazing, by the way. So we're going to head on over to North Dakota. We have Jerome from Manning, North Dakota on the line. Jerome, are you with us? (laughs) Yes, ma'am, I am. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. You've got a question for Father Paul? Well, I do, and I have researched this a little bit, and I couldn't figure out what does it mean for 14, John 14, 2, I had somebody try and tell me my all the mansions are for the different religions, and I said, no, that's that's a, that's heretical. You can't think like that. That's wrong. And then I had to look it up, and right. and down in the footnotes in the Dewey Reigns Bible, it talks about the glories of the different people. Your mansion might be bigger than mine because you did more good things when you were here on Earth, and Padre Pio's is going to be huge. And then I looked <laughs> it up in my book on angels. And it has it in there. Talks about don't there won't be the sin of envy and say, oh, I wish I had sure. a big house like that. Right. There won't be none of that. You'll all be joyous and happy. And then I even sit, uh, think Teresa of Avila. It's one of her books, I think. Sure. So anyway, sure. I just wanted some confirmation on this. Yeah, you know, there won't be different faiths uh, <laughs> when we get to heaven. We're, we'll all be worshiping God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as Catholics. As ca- well, yeah, I mean as. Yeah, as worshipers, there won't even be a, a the, the Catholic Church won't need to exist in the sense that we will just all be, mm-hmm. you know, right. Um, so in that sense, yeah, that in this reality that and we need to be OK with this. And you're, and you're right. We're not. Um, somebody may have a, a, a bigger mansion than me uh, because they allow God's grace to continue to work, uh, you know, and so they've also talked about like in being closer to, to God or further from God, still within God's presence. But that ability to really say, am I letting grace do everything uh, that God wants to do in my life? 
uh, and that there, you know, I mean, the Blessed Virgin Mary will have the preeminent house. Uh, of course, why not? Amen. Um, and, yeah. But but to realize, you know, like you said, that that we don't have to worry. But there won't be uh, there won't be any sort of faiths in the midst of uh, heaven because it'll all be we'll all just be worshiping yeah. God, and we'll see Him as He is, and there will be no dis- distinctions anymore in that sense. So, and there won't be, and it, you'll be saved in spite of your religion, not because of your religion. Right. So again, we, we teach and believe that, that Jesus Christ founded the Catholic Church for the salvation of all mankind. And so everyone is saved right. through the Catholic Church. How they're connected to it uh, will look a little different for some, but the, Jesus Christ is the means by which we're saved. So, yep. Yes, sir. Well, Father, the thing Terrell? is, uh, well, that does, and I just want to say thank you, and, and it is also a... Uh, well, you have somebody that's of a different faith, and I'll tell them, before you die, you will become Catholic, or you <laughs> won't be in heaven. And that just puts it right on the line, and they have their whole life to search and look. And I just tell everybody, please keep searching, because you will find the truth. Ask for God's grace. Ask yep. ask to God for what you want through Jesus. Absolutely. Well, thank you so, so much for your question this morning, Jerome. Thank you, Jerome. Yes, ma'am. Y'all have a good day. God bless now. God bless. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right. If you want to join in on the conversation, we're having a great one this morning on Straight Talk. Father Paul Rutten is here answering your questions on faith. The number is 877-795-0122. Again, the number is 877-795-0122. And now we're going to head on over to Katie from Sioux Falls. Katie, are you with us? Yes, I am. And Hello. what is your question? Hi, Father Paul. So I am calling with a question um, on spiritual leaders in the family. So we kind of dived into this in um, one of our Bible studies the other day, no. and we talked about what is the role of a man and a woman, a wife and a husband, um, as the spiritual leader of the family. So um, we were kind of wondering... What is the husband's role, the father's role? Should they be the head spiritual leader, the wife? Um, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Katie. You that, have 30 seconds it's, it's to a, answer. It's a good question. It's a good question, <laughs> It Katie. is a good question. Um, and I think it, it, it shows a little bit of a challenge. Uh, the man should be the spiritual leader in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, studies yeah. have shown that if the father practices the faith, the kids will. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. In spite of what the, the the wife does, if the wife practices but the father doesn't, odds are they won't. So there is something I, yeah. I can't I can't explain it. There is something, but what I think is important is it it doesn't negate what what the woman does. Mm-hmm. So I always use it this way: uh, the man will build the house, and the woman will make it a home. Yeah. And so the man Beautiful. will provide the structure, and sort of the reinforce that we're going to do this. But we need the wife to soften it. <laughs> like, we're going to pray the rosary. Oh, okay, okay. Now, now let's, you know, like, like we can, men can be kind of like, oh, oh. Uh, and, and we sort of need the, the wife to say, but there is love in here. There's, there's compassion. There's, there's an empathy. There's all these things. But there's just something about the role of a man. Um, again, you know, it doesn't negate what, what the, the woman has to do or has done. 
Or, you know, unfortunately, if, if you're living in a marriage uh, and your husband isn't the leader, that continue to pray for him and continue to live that faith. But it, it really should be uh, the husband. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. Does Beautiful. That help? Thank you, Father. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you so, so much. Okay, have a great day. God bless you Yep, both. God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, folks, the conversation is interesting this morning. We're keeping Father Paul on his toes, but he is, you're you're doing an amazing job. Thanks. You're doing good. So 877 is the number to call if you want to join in or ask Father Paul Rutten a question. Again, the number is 877 We have a couple questions that have been submitted on Facebook, which is, if you want to join us on Facebook, you can also go there and submit a question. So... First question on Facebook is, Hi, Father Paul from Sioux Falls, Watertown. Can you define the different levels of sainthood and explain how canonization might be dependent on us through praying in their name? Sure. So, as we know, within the church, we have uh, canonized saints, saints who are declared uh, definitively to be in heaven. And there is a process by which someone becomes a saint. Uh, if someone has lived a heroic life, someone has lived in a particular way, and people think that they should be uh, a saint known by the church, mm-hmm. uh, their cause is, as we say, brought forth. Um, in the midst of that, uh, they become uh, a servant of God, is the title. And okay. that's when that cause is official. Uh, and and is beginning the the process by which the church has acknowledged that there's enough to look at um, and begin to uh, investigate the life of this person. Uh, and then as it goes along, um, we can then begin to, to seek their intercession because uh, one of the things that's always needed are miracles mm-hmm. that are definitive uh, that have been asked for by this particular person. Uh, and so as the process goes along, then they become uh, blessed. Uh, and then from a blessed, then they become a saint. Uh, along the way, uh, w- they don't necessarily become a saint because we prayed for them or because we asked them to pray. They became a saint because God made them a saint. Like right. They allowed themselves to be saints like by God. And God is, is choosing. Now, it's important to still pray and ask their intercession. Like we should right. want more and more saints known right? Uh, because it's helpful. Well, and John Paul um, II was a big factor in that. He loved, he wanted to make sure there was a saint for all of us, you know, and so he was always um, looking for those saints and, and, yeah. and canonizing them so that we all had. And new ones. Yes. You know, and so like now we have Gen X saints and we've got young saints and old saints and married saints. You know, I always felt like we really, because of the way the process works, lots of, lots of lay faithful didn't mm-hmm. get their picture up on St. Mm-hmm. Peter's. And now we have all kinds of them. And, and yeah. so it really is important. It is. Um, all right, folks, this is Straight Talk, and we're talking with Father Paul Rutten. He is answering your questions this morning. The number is 877-795-0122. We're going to head to the phones. April from Del Rapids is on the line. Good morning, April. Good morning. And what is your question you have this morning? Well, I'm just wondering, I, my grandma recently passed, and she was, you know, a very, very devout Lutheran, and I was raised Catholic. My dad married sure. my mom and join the Catholic Church, and I guess I know, I you know, just talking with other people, um, that back in the day, I don't know what the church still believes, that if you weren't 
a cat practicing Catholic, you can't like go directly to heaven, or but you just what is the church's belief sure. on that? I guess sure. now. Yep. Uh, so the church uh, teaches and believes that everyone who is saved, who everyone who gets to heaven, will get to heaven because of what Jesus Christ did, and through the church founded by Jesus Christ, uh, which is the the Catholic Church. And, and not just, this is, I think, sometimes a challenge, not just the, the, the Roman Catholic Church. The Catholic Church is bigger than, than just the Roman Catholic Church, and so we have this kind of small idea. Uh, so what we would say is that, so we'll say your grandmother, your grandmother's Lutheran, whatever it was that allowed her to go to heaven is found in the Catholic Church. Mm. So it's like two circles overlapping, and there's a part of it where it overlaps, so the Lutheran Church overlaps into the Catholic Church in some way. Mm-hmm. And that portion that okay. has overlapped is the means by which. So everything we need for salvation is in the Catholic Church. So we as Catholics have okay. everything. What we would say is a Lutheran has some. And it, it, the closer they are to the Catholic Church, the more they share in it. The further away they are, uh, the less they share. But... Why we want everyone to be Catholic is because I want everyone to have everything possible for yes. salvation. Amen. Like, I don't want to like shortchange somebody. It'd be like saying, well, I have an 8K TV to watch or a black and white. Uh, which do you want to watch? Uh, now, okay. if you prefer your black and white. So your grandmother uh, can be in heaven. Uh, the means by which she got there is available in the Catholic Church. I love it. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. Thank you so very much. You're welcome. God bless. All right, Father Paul, you're almost done, but not Uh, quite. (laughs) You're doing so good. People are really loving having your answers. (laughs) Straight talk this morning. We have um, uh, one more question that has been posted to Facebook. I think we'll only have time for one more if you can... You think you got yep, it? I can do it. Okay, you can do it. You can do it. One more. Okay, so Mary Ann on Facebook, she says, Hi, Father Paul. What advice would you give to couples prior to marriage to not live together for the sake of saving money, living a cheaper lifestyle, etc.? Yeah, you know, and I get this uh, actually uh, often. Um, mm. You know, people do want to know. Um, it It doesn't work, really, the way they want it to. Um, it's... Uh, it's the ability to be able to say, is there another alternative? Okay. Um, is there somewhere else I can live? Uh, in the meantime, uh, to be able to do it. Because the danger that, again, if, if, I, if I was living with the person that I was in love with, uh-huh. to not engage in premarital sex. Uh, Good luck. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> why would you do that to yourself? Like, why would you make it more and more difficult uh, to live what you're asking to live. Uh, because the thing is, is the solution to the challenge right there in that moment, in a sense, is not marriage. Because if I can't refrain at moments from having marital relationships with, with the woman that I'm going to marry, what's going to happen when we get married and there's going to be reasons that we have to refrain? And I've never, ever, ever had to go up against this mm-hmm. real challenge. Um, the other thing that, that can happen, and this is really, this is, I'm going to throw all of the men under the bus. Men like to look like we're committed without committing. Mm. 
Wow, he uh, said that live on the air. And so <laughs> we, we say things and we do things that look like commitment, but we're not. Uh, and if I'm really committed, I'll do what needs to be done. Um, you know, so I, I do my best with the couples who who come to me and I try to help them. It's so, it's really hard today because we're the, we're really the ones that are odd. Hmm. Like the, uh-huh. the, the stigma of living together. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not. Um, so, okay. Well, father, I lied to you. I'm oh. sorry. Please forgive me. <laughs> so, That's all right. We have Jamie on the line. Jamie, you have a question for father, Paul. Hi, good morning, Father Paul. This is Jamie from Sioux Falls. Good morning. And my question, good morning. My question is: is the explanation or reasoning behind why women cannot be priests in the Catholic Church? I have a daughter that is only a third grader, but she is devout and she really wants to be a priest. Right. And being able to explain to her where her sure. place is and what God wants for her sure. is. Um, something that I want to be able to explain intelligently to her. And I think there are other, you know, young sure. women out there yeah. that may be wondering the same thing. Right. Great question. That is a great question. <laughs> That's a great question. Father Paul. Uh, <laughs> y- you know, one of the things, if I remember it, St. Therese of Lisieux wanted to be a priest. Mm. I think the real question is to ask why. Hmm. Why Why do I want to be a priest? She right. wanted to be a priest because of the Eucharist. Like, mm-hmm. Who wouldn't want to be able to do that, right? Like, like who would not want to be able to make the Eucharist happen? Uh, and so that desire is real. That desire is there. The The challenge that I think is, is we place uh, so much in our functionality. People will say, well, I can do that. I can do that. You know, I could preach. I could, you know, do blah, blah, all the things that a priest does. Okay, well, that's nice. Um, but a priest is more than that. A priest stands in the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, and again, Jesus Christ was a man and is a man. Uh, and so to be able to stand in that place as that person. Uh, the other part, and this is probably a little hard for a third grader. Um, we look at the, that understanding of the marital relationship and the man and the woman uh, are complementary to each other and together they bring forth life. Well, we always speak about the church as the bride of Christ. We always speak about the church in a feminine way. Mm. And so because of that, we need the masculine dimension uh, to come together to produce the life that is needed uh, for us. Uh, Now that gets tricky today because we live in a culture today, which says that girls can become boys and boys can become girls and all of that. Mm -hmm. But, but if we really understand this, this reality that, that again, um, there's a part of me, there is a part of me that wishes just once I could feel a baby inside me. Hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I'll never know. I'll Mm -hmm. never know. But I look at, at, at mothers and I'm like, wow. Like you have a baby in you, and I know it's uncomfortable. I know there's there's all these moms like, yeah, well, at nine months, father, you're gonna. But there is this reality. Like I really would love to know what does it feel like, but I can never, I can't, because I'm not a woman. Now it doesn't mean that I can't desire that, and I can't extol that, and I can't say that's a real desire. Um, but I think for your daughter who loves the church uh, and sees something in the priesthood to really, really dig deep. Uh, because unfortunately, sometimes I think what people see is power. 
They see the priest has power. He commands authority. And, and unfortunate that this is your daughter, but that we feel like it's a power struggle. Uh, and I've always said that, that if a man loves a woman, he will do whatever she wants and whatever <laughs> is best. Like, absolutely. Uh, in the midst of that. Um, but it's a hard one. It really is a hard one. Uh, but because of the role the priest plays in the person of Christ, because of the role the priest plays in the relationship with the church and that complementarity, uh, it has to be a man uh, to be able to do what we do. All right. All right. Thank, thank you so you. much. I, it makes sense. Thank yeah. you so much. And if I can talk to her sometime, uh, bring her by. I'm at St. Mary's, uh, <laughs> right. and I'll Absolutely. do my best. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much to everyone who called in or wrote in with your questions. This is on Monday through Friday, every morning at 930, if you have questions you want answered. Um, we're going to take a quick break. It's the top of the hour. When we come back, we're going to have our Prayerfully Your segment. We'll be right back with more Real Presence Live. <laughs> 